Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch Penny Pool Patio and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining me for another episode here on the Sweet Spot. And you know, I haven't done any MLB talk yet. You know, the season, we're 53, 52, 50 games into the year. And you know, I, I always try to tell people, like, don't worry about the first 40. Like, I break it up into quarters. Okay, there's 162 games. Let's look at it as four quarters. So, about 40 games each quarter, right? So, that first 40, don't overreact. It's the next 40 you want to pay attention to. Like, I, you know, people are already writing after their teams and looking at next year. And we need to trade this. And that's like, calm down. Look at the next 40. Going into the All-Star break, where do you stand? Then you know, okay, what do we need? Do we need bullpen help? Do we need a right-handed bat in the middle of the lineup? Do we need more speed? Do we need defensive help up the middle? So I look at the next 40, and that's where you really start to see the team separate from themselves. The contenders separate themselves from their pretenders. But taking a look at the current standings on this Sunday of some of the divisional leaders and some of my thoughts as I dive into some more of this MLB conversation, the Tampa Bay Rays sit in the top of the AL East by half a game over the Red Sox. You know, Tampa Bay, nobody looks at Tampa as a threat every year, but they're so consistent. They're just like the Oakland Athletics, and I'll get into them later as we know they lead the ALS. But the Rays, they are always in the thick of things. And it's, it shouldn't take people by surprise. I don't think it takes people by surprise, but if it does, then you need to wake up because this Tampa Bay franchise has been – very consistent over the last decade or so. They are always in the middle of that AL East run. Now, the Red Sox are the surprise team, as everybody knows. Nobody really expected Boston to make a run in this division. They're currently half a game out of Tampa Bay. Alex Cora is the manager there. He has gotten the team's attention with players like J.D. Martinez balling out. Xander Bogarts is having a great season. Alex Verdugo, who came over in the Dodgers trade a year ago. I mean, they are really playing for each other, and it shows. It shows the excitement that they have in supporting one another with some of the uh, celebrations that you see with the whole uh, shopping cart pushing deal after somebody hits a home run they somebody hops in that person hops in the car and they push him in the dugout and stuff so the Red Sox are having super fun and it shows in their play because they are right there I don't know if they can stay there for the entire season but uh their offense will definitely keep them in it's going to be up to their pitching if they can earn a postseason berth and so the Rays Red Sox Yankees Blue Jays Orioles Orioles, we all know, have no chance to really pretty much a lone bright spot. I ain't going to say lone bright spot in that uh, for them it would be John Means. But John Means, obviously, from the pitching standpoint, he already has a no-hitter for the Orioles. Then you look at Trey Mancini coming back from battling cancer, and now he's uh, having a, a very stellar season in his first year back. But then going on to the AL Central, the Chicago White Sox leading that division by three games over the Indians. Uh, you know, everybody thought, okay, it's going to be White Sox Twins. The Twins are 10 games back currently. They're in fourth. They're behind the Royals. So that lets you know they're behind the Royals. But like I said, don't overreact. It's still a lot of time left. You, It's the next 40 you want to really focus on and see, okay, where do we really stand going into the All-Star break? And, you know, unfortunately for Minnesota, they lost Byron Buxton, the star center fielder who was having a MVP-type season. And unfortunately, that's been his – that's been his kind of problem, his bugaboo over the last 
few years. I mean, he's always banged up, always hurt. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can come back and pick up where he left off whenever he hits the field again. And then in the AL West, as I mentioned, the Athletics lead that division by two and a half games over the Astros. That's really just a two-man two race, two-team race. The Angels, people keep expecting them to do anything, to do something, and I just don't see it. They just don't have, I don't know what it is. I guess it's, they they have the talent, but for some reason, they just are not able to put it all together. And maybe it's more pitching than it is hitting, as we know, guys with, you know, they acquired a third baseman from Washington, Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani has been killing it, as we know. David Fletcher, one of the most quiet, solid ball players in the MLB. Jared Walsh, the former Georgia Bulldog, is having an excellent season at first base for the Angels. Mike Trout's out. He's 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 one of the, he's another guy too, like Byron Bucks, and nobody talks about Trout being hurt. Like he's great, and we know, but he is very injury prone. This guy always seems to get hurt at some point during each season. And, you know, you hate to see any player get hurt. But, unfortunately, that's been the deal for Trout as well. And I don't know what it is. I heard somebody say, like, you know, some guys just get hurt. And that has been the case for sure with Mike Trout and his MLB career. Now, looking on to the National League, the New York Mets, the Mets are first place as we stand on this Sunday as I record here. They have a three-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies and the Braves. Now, you know, a lot of people talked about the division not being as good as we thought. And there has been some disappointments, but I feel like that's probably uh, one of the more competitive divisions because if you look at the Mets being first, the Nationals are in last place, but they're only five-and-a-half games back. And it's not like any of these teams are bottom dwellers. I mean, the Nationals, the Marlins, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets – None of these teams are setting the world on fire, but none of them are looking like the Diamondbacks, who are 17 games under 500, or the Orioles, who are 18 games under 500. So even though the Braves, Marlins, and Nationals currently sit a few games under 500, we know what Atlanta's capable of. Um, of course, they've had injuries with Ozuna going down, but then his arrest news comes out, so he could be done for quite a while. Who knows if he'll even play again, depending on the severity of that situation and the delicacy of that assault allegation. Mike Soroka had a setback in his rehab. Will he be able to return? What's his deal? The Nationals, they just have trouble staying healthy as well. I mean, you look at... A guy like Max Scherzer, who has been carrying the load because Strasburg's been out. What can they do? Will they be buyers or sellers come trade deadline time? The Marlins, the Marlins can't score runs. One of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball, Trevor Rodgers, Alcantara. These guys are balling out of their mind. Pablo Lopez, but the runs are not there. You have to score runs, especially in today's game. And I think Don Mattingly isn't helping that by switching the lineup every other day. Every single day is a totally new order of batters. Nobody's hitting in the same spot, so it's hard to find that consistency. The Phillies, the Phillies don't have a good bullpen. I mean, they're hit or miss with their lineup, but then their bullpen is garbage. So the Mets are just kind of trickling along. Somehow they have 
found that number one spot in the division. I don't know if they can keep it for the entirety of the season, but I think they will be right there amongst that group, that top two, top three in that NL East division. Looking at the NL Central with the Cardinals holding that number one spot currently, half a game over the Cubs, three games over the Brewers, the Reds are seven games back, the Pirates are nine and a half games back. The Pirates, you can completely not count them towards this race. I mean, it's going to be between those four teams, the Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, and Reds. The Reds have excellent hitting their pitching will be the question for them. The Brewers are starting to get healthy. Christian Yellow just now back. We'll see if they can. I think they'll stay. Craig Council is a is a great manager. He's one of my favorite players growing up. Just you know, being a former Marlin and scoring that game winning run in '97 uh, to beat the Indians. But Craig Council does a great job managing. We know the pitching that they have with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, that bullpen with Josh Hader and Devin Williams with that devastating changeup that he has. Lorenzo Kane. I mean, the Brewers are going to be a sleeper team because all of the attention will go to the Cardinals in that division and the Cubs on what will they do? Will they be buyers or sellers when it comes to the trade deadline with Javi Baez becoming a free agent at season's end. Rizzo as well. Chris Bryant will be a free agent also, and he's having a great season. What do the Cubs do? So the Brewers could be that sneaky team that slides into that NL Central crown divisional winner at the end of the year. But, you know, that division is going to be very competitive, like I mentioned with the NL East. You can completely remove the Pirates from that race. They have no shot. It'll be between those four teams that I mentioned in the NL Central Division. Then in the NL West, the Padres currently lead it a game and a half over the Giants, two and a half over the Dodgers. The Rockies are 15 games back. The Diamondbacks are 16 games back. So it's a three-team race between those guys, San Diego, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. We all know San Francisco is the surprise team in that division. Nobody expected the Giants to be in the thick of things at all. We all assumed it would be the Padres, Dodgers, a two-team race. But here it is, San Francisco with, you know, bounce-back years from guys like Kevin Gossman. Buster Posey set out last year with COVID, or not with COVID, because of the whole COVID situation. He's having a great year. Evan Longoria, another veteran who has played well. Brandon Belt. I mean, the Giants are surprisingly right there in the midst of everything. And so can they keep this up for an entire season to match the firepower that the Padres and the Dodgers both have? I mean, not just the star power that those two teams have, but the depth. The Padres and Dodgers have so much depth, and that's why I believe it will really ultimately come down to being those two teams because injuries are inevitable in a 162 regular season game schedule. But if you have that depth, you can kind of, get by through some of those moments where you're going to be hit by the injury bug, which the Dodgers have been struck by that bug numerous times this year alone. I mean, you look at Edwin Rios, who was out for the season with a torn labrum. Dustin May, the young pitcher who was had a lot of postseason experience over the last couple of seasons, especially in that World Series run last year. He's out for the year with Tommy John surgery. Cody Bellinger just returned from his leg hairline fracture. He just came back, so he'll be back playing center field for the Dodgers here soon. 
Caleb Ferguson out for the season, Tommy John surgery. Tommy Canely had Tommy John surgery last year, so he's still rehabbing from last year's injury. Corey Knable out with, out with a lat strain. July 1st is his designated return. Bruce Argraterol, forearm injury. June 9th, he's expected to join the MLB roster. Corey Seager, hand fracture. Who knows? He's out for several weeks, couple months maybe. Like, these are the type of injuries, and each one of those players that I named have had some kind of uh, hand, uh, a huge part in their success over the last couple seasons. And we know Corey Seager was MVP World Series last year in LCS MVP as well. Corey Seager out with a hand fracture. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Will he remain with the Dodgers? I heard people saying they predict that he would go to the Yankees. But um, when you're loaded like the Dodgers and the Padres, you can get through some of those bumps and bruises along the way because it's going to happen. There's going to be times where this pitcher goes down, this catcher goes down. I mean, you look at the Mets. James McCann is having to play first base. Well, he had to play first base until Pete Alonso came back. And so that was his first time playing first base since his college years. They were also hit in the outfield with Brandon Nimmo being out, Michael Conforto being out. Then they had Dominic Smith who got banged up. The Mets' entire outfield was decimated by injuries, so they went out and had to trade. They traded for Cameron Mabin, acquired him for a dollar is what I um, understood. It was cash considerations. They said it was a dollar because he was in the AAA system with the Cubs, not playing, not getting a chance to play. So we're just kind of like, hey, he's, we're going to give him a shot to play on an MLB roster, and you just got to give us a dollar. That's that's pretty crazy when I first heard that story. But Cameron Maven came over. Billy McKinney came over from the Brewers. Uh, so the Mets have been trying to piece this thing together as well. So what I'm saying is it's a long season. Don't worry about what happens in that first 40. That first 40 is over. Now we're in that next, that second 40. This is where you start to see teams who are really – out of the picture they'll start becoming sellers looking ahead to next year you'll see teams who are on the fence okay do we completely sell we're on the outside looking in but it's only like six games or seven games do we invest for a chance to make a spot in the postseason in this year's run and I think the Cubs are going to be that one team the Nationals too I heard people talk about Nationals would they part ways with a guy like Max Scherzer and try to get something to return. But the Cubs, for sure, with having a guy like Baez, having a guy like Rizzo and Bryant all scheduled to be free agent at season's end, will they compete? Will they just call it in? It depends where they stand in that next 40. That's why that second 40 is what's most important. People get so hell-bent on what's happening in that first month of April, the month of May. No, it's about June and July. Going into the All-Star break, where do these teams stand? Who is for real? We have a better grasp of which teams to watch for towards the end of the season. Pinch-a-Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. 
Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business, providing custom printing and embroidery on t-shirts, polos, hats, boots, baby apparel, scarves, bags, and more. For churches, schools, sports organizations, family reunion t-shirts, or businesses that need personalized workwear or promotional apparel, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As we continue this conversation about the MLB, I kind of touched on some of the divisional races, some of the teams, some of the things to look out for, some of the players who have uh, excelled so far this season. But, you know, there's been a few odd, very odd injuries that have occurred, especially with pitchers over the last month or so. I mean, you look at jesus luzardo pitcher for the oakland athletics this guy broke his pinky because he got mad playing a video game and he punched the table he banged his hand against the table broken pinky and he was out for several weeks he's actually supposed to be activated today for the athletics on this sunday so i know they'll be glad to have him back i'm sure they'll probably joke uh, uh with him about it and he's already apologized saying that you know we're human we make mistakes people forget they think we're athletes because we're athletes we don't make mistakes but that's a mistake you can't make dude like don't get me wrong i get mad playing video games too and i've broken my share of controllers i told my guy brandon davis the other day that i'll probably break a controller every three years that's kind of my going rate but i'll tell you this this last one I broke probably about a month ago. I was playing the Dodgers. It seems like it's always against the Dodgers where I get upset. They're just super good in the game, and the game just... Anyways, but I broke my controller. I threw it against the base of the couch. So instead of hitting the cushion part of the couch, I threw it at the bottom portion of the couch, and it just shattered. The analog stick is all over the floor and everything. And so I wasn't upset that I broke it because I knew that was going to happen. The frustrating part was... Going to Walmart, going to Target, going to Best Buy, 
and not being able to find a PlayStation 4 controller, a PS4 controller, not a PS5 controller, a PS4 controller. So I get being frustrated with the game and, and, and it gets the best of your emotions. But as an MLB pitcher, as a player, as someone that this is what you need, this is your livelihood, you're a pitcher, you broke your pinky banging your hand on the table. You can't do that, dude. You can't do that. And you know, the the A's are just so well run that they didn't miss a beat. They didn't have Lizardo. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. They're still first in the AOS with guys like Chris Bassett, who recorded his first complete game shutout, allowed only two hits against the Angels. Chris Bassett and the emotions that that he had you know, just sharing his emotions of with the Oakland Athletics and the support that he's had from the organization, from his family, people that never gave up on him. You know, it was beautiful just to listen and just to hear a player, a grown man. Like, it's okay to, to cry. I always tell my guys when I coach, there's nothing wrong with crying. Nothing wrong with crying. It's an emotion. It's, it's what's given to you when you feel a certain way. Now, you don't want to cry all the time, but... There are times where you just feel like you want to cry, and that's nothing wrong with it, especially in the heat of battle, heat of competition. But take a listen to this soundbite from Chris Bassett as he shares his appreciation for the athletics organization after that special moment of recording his first complete game shutout. I mean, I'm not trying to be weird, but uh, gosh dang. Like... I'm just trying to hold back tears right now. That's, I mean, that's honest. Uh, there's so many people in this organization that have, that, I mean, they have stuck by my side through so much crap, and I'm just so grateful, honestly. Uh, I'm grateful. Man, I, I mean, I'm just, there's so many people that have pushed me when I was going through so much crap. Um, my wife, I mean, obviously I have a little girl, but I'm, dang, man. Like, yeah, like Bomel, I mean, Shulman, every, everyone, Nick, everyone. Um, as dumb as it is, the clubbies, like, everyone just pushed me when they knew I was struggling through so much stuff. And like I said, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be here. So, you know, that was just a great soundbite. Hearing true emotion, I mean, because we think of these guys as being millionaires and playing a professional sport, uh, a dream that millions of people who never get the opportunity to do so grew up hoping they could do that so hearing that emotion from chris bassett i mean he stepped up huge for the oakland athletics this year sean manaya frankie montas uh, they've kind of james Capillion, i mean he's been fantastic this year coming over from the yankees in that trade a couple of seasons ago and that sunny gray deal so jesus lazardo dude just put the games away if you're gonna break your pinky and do things of that nature to hurt the ball club and hurt yourself, obviously, add insult to injury. Like, let's let's not do that, man. If you can't control your emotions, and like I said, I broke my controller. I'd rather break a controller than break a pinky, you know. And this guy's 
making tons of money. I don't say tons of money, but you're a professional, so he can buy plenty of controllers. But, um, dude, just chill out with the video games. No more broken pinkies. The A's need you. It's going to be a tight race between them and the Astros. They need every single player to be as healthy as they can be. Then it was Waskar Enoa, Atlanta Braves pitcher. He made a lot of news, not only because of his pitching success early on, but his hitting success. A home run, then a grand slam, the next outing. Like this dude, and he crushed it too. That ball, dead center. Like you don't see many pitchers at all get good wood like he did. And he knew it as soon as he made contact. But then he broke his right hand against the Brewers. After a rough outing, he goes in and punches a bench, and he is out for a couple months. Like, I never understood punching something. And, you know, I grew up playing ball, and there's a couple guys that when after after a strikeout, they would come to the dugout and punch a wall, and I just broke my hand. You know, they say stupid stuff like that. Like, but why are you punching stuff? Like, I don't get it. Like, how are you so mad that you punch a wall? Or you punch a bench in Enoa's case. Like, you struck out in the third inning. You know what? No one, no one likes to strike out, regardless of what age or how long you've been playing a game. But you know what? You'll probably be right back at the plate in two innings. It's the third. More than likely, you'll be hitting in the fifth. Why are you? Sh- I never understood it. Like I've, Like I mentioned, no one likes to strike out. No one likes to leave men on base. But to come back in the dugout... And punch a wall. Speaking of my former teammate's case, made zero sense. In this case, Enoa punching the bench. Yeah, you had a rough outing. Yeah, it didn't go your way. But now you have added so much insult to injury, not for yourself, but for the team. This team needs you. The Braves are sitting third in the NL East. Mike Soroka, no one knows his situation, if he'll ever come back this season in any capacity. And then for you to do something like this, it's a tough pill to swallow. The Braves, we know, are a storied franchise. They had a heartbreaking defeat last year in the NLCS, one game away from the World Series, up 3-1, to one, only for the Dodgers to come back and win games 5, 6, and 7 and eventually become World Series champions. So, Waskar Enoa, I know you get it, but these are the type of things that you can't do. You cannot operate and behave this way. I don't understand how you get so mad that you punch a bench. Yell. Yell at the top of your lungs. It's better to just yell and, and go, take your frustration out through just screaming and, and and things of that nature. But don't hit anything. Don't punch anything. Don't be that guy. Because the Braves need you. So get your act right and come back and help the Braves get back to where they need to be. Then... It was Zach Plezak for the Cleveland Indians. This guy here, the Indians are second in the AL Central, as I mentioned, broke his thumb against the Twins, ripping off his shirt. So he was so mad, he just ripped off his shirt, broke his thumb in the process. And like I said, I, I we all get mad. I get mad here in my apartment watching my Spurs or the Steelers or, you know, playing the video games I mentioned as well. I I've ripped shirts. I've ripped shirts watching the game. I really have. But it's an old shirt. You know, it's a shirt that I've had for several years that already had a few holes in it, and I just kind of go ahead and finish it off. But, Zach, please, Zach, what are we doing here, man? Like, 
you guys have to control your emotions. There's nothing wrong with being emotional, as I've briefly alluded to earlier in the show, but you have to be able to control them. You have Luzardo broke his pinky playing a video game. Oscar Noah broke his right hand after a couple months. The Braves need him. What is he doing? What's his thoughts during this whole process? Zach, please like now, broke his thumb ripping off his shirt. You talking about adding insult to injury. These are all pitchers, all young pitchers. They've all made a mistake. And I know they will learn from them. And their teammates will never let them forget those uh, boneheaded decisions that were made. But those are the type of things in this next 40 that can really put a team behind the eight ball with no room to climb out. Or that next 40, like I mentioned, teams will ascend to the top. They will leave the other teams in the dust. The A's, like I said, didn't lose a they didn't lose a beat with Lizardo being out. Plesak getting hurt. That central division. We know the Tigers don't have a chance. The Royals currently sit third, but I don't see them. They'll eventually fall to fourth. So it's really going between the White Sox, the Indians, and the Twins. The Twins, that we know, are off to a horrible start. But there's a lot of ball left to be played. So, Zach Plesak, get healthy. Do what you have to do to help this Indians ball club because they have Shane Bieber, great stud ace, Aaron Savali, bullpen, Emmanuel Classe, James Karinczak. I mean, they have talent in that pitching, but you they need you, man. They need you. So, Plesak, get healthy. Help those Indians fight for a postseason berth. And as I mentioned, Waskari Noah, Dude, just never let anything like this happen ever again. You have a bright future. You came over from the Twins in that Jaime Garcia trade. This is your opportunity to submit a spot in that Braves rotation because we know it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of guys. I mean, we know Freed is solid. Charlie Morton is like 38, 39, though. Then you also have, you know, my guy Ian Anderson, who was going to be in that rotation for years to come as well. But they need some help, especially in this current time with Soroka being out. So those three guys, this is my message from me to you, Luzardo, Plesak, Enoa. Get healthy, help your teams, compete for postseason birds. Don't ever let anything of this magnitude happen to you or your ball club ever again. So as we close with today's MLB Focus show, if your team isn't playing to the level that they're capable of or just not meeting the expectations that were given upon them for this season just chill it's only been 50 55 games it's a 162 game season it's a lot of ball left to be played a lot of injuries left to be healed a lot of players who are slumping will break out out of those slumps so as we close don't overthink it don't overreact a lot of baseball a lot of games a lot of unknown things that remains to be seen so as the summer fast approaches and the weather begins to heat up watch for a few mlb teams to do the same thing the houston astros only three games above 500 Watch for them to really begin to hit their stride going into the month of June. In the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers, 
only two games above 500. They are, I think, I really believe they're going to find their way. They're going to start to find who they are, their identity as a team with Christian Yelich being back. Watch for the Milwaukee Brewers in that Central Division. And the Atlanta Braves. The Braves currently two games under 500, but we all know what they are capable of doing with that talent that they have. Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Ozzie Albies. Yes, Ozuna may be out for an extended period of time, but this Braves offense has more than enough talent to take a huge step in the next 40 games going into the All-Star break in the NL East Division. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot.